We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're back on the Yins No Ball podcast. I'm John Ledyard. With me is Brad Spielberger, as always. And we're ready to break down Steelers, Colts, in anticipation of... Is it week 15, Brad? Sadly, yes. What? This is crazy. (laughs) Week 15. Um, And so, yeah, with the important matchup for both of these teams, honestly, a lot of playoff implications. This is actually... Although I don't know many people are, I would say, excited to see this game specifically. This is definitely a matchup of two teams with playoff aspirations and probably competing with each other um, amongst other teams uh, for the one of those play-ins, playoff spots. So it should be a pretty exciting game, and I don't think either of these teams are have a pension to blow anybody else out. So I think it's going to be a close one, too. No doubt about it. Yeah, they are different, uh, different construction, but actually kind of similar in some ways, uh, you know, on both sides of the football, really, and how they're built out. But they do different things, uh, you know, first year head coach versus one of the more tenured coaches in the game. But yeah, like you said, it's uh, underrated, massive leverage for both teams in, in the playoff picture in this game. And it's a kind of a matchup of two quarterbacks that could be at any given time the biggest train wrecks in the league at their position in terms of turnovers. Both of these guys will throw the ball to the other team. Uh, and the the good thing for the Colts, obviously, is Gardner Minshew's had obviously some some really positive moments as, as well this season. But yeah, 21 turnover-worthy plays for Gardner Minshew. Uh, that's only behind Mac Jones, Josh Dobbs, Desmond Ritter, and Sam Howell uh, this season. So he has made plenty of turnover-worthy plays when he's been in there, obviously. Um, you know, he didn't start every game. Uh, Anthony Richardson, obviously, the beginning of the year was the guy, but yeah, he's up there in terms of turnover worthy percentage of, of of passes and dropbacks this season. Uh, really behind guys that have started most of the year, only behind Mac Jones and Desmond Ritter in that regard. So, no quarterback in the league, or hardly any quarterback in the league, will throw the ball to the other team as often as Minshew. But one of those quarterbacks might be on the other side in this one if the Steelers starting uh, Mitch Trubisky in well, how many dropbacks does he have so far? This is 96 dropbacks. He has five turnover-worthy throws. That is somehow a higher percentage of turnover-worthy throws than Gardner Minshew even has this season. So are we about to see a turnover fest on Saturday Night Football? We certainly could, because uh, I also think we talked about like Kenny Pocket's footwork at times and bailing from clean pocket. Like Carter Minshew, the Patriots game is where it stuck out to me, and I've watched a couple others throughout the season. He is dancing in the pocket and like has no confidence um, in his ability to step up. And, and it's funny because the line is playing really well. Even the young players like Bernard Ryman at left tackle, I think, has really come along and kind of taken that second year step. Uh, he was a third rounder for them last year and struggled a ton as a rookie, but is like an interesting story, kind of new to football. Um, you know, one of those type of like, you know, prospects that you have, is a developmental guy, but I think looks good this year. And then Will Fries at right guard was, was a problem for the first month, but I think has settled in and played good ball as well. So like they've had some injuries and, and, and what have you, but he has no faith in like a, I think, top half of the league, you know, offensive line. And his footwork is a doozy because not only does he he bail or he also like he, he jumps his way out of throwing windows because he has to reset. And like a guy could come open, but he's too busy, like, like shaking around back there. Um, but anyway, yeah, this is you're right. There, There is the potential for a ton of turnovers, especially, you know, looks like T.J. Watt good to go. We'll see about Highsmith and others, but but it looks like he's you know, ready to play in this game. And both guys will take a ton of sacks too. So it's kind of, you know, they'll both hold the football at times. Minshew, this is actually the fastest he's in his career that for in terms of seasons that he's been getting the ball out. And so it's credit to Steichen for getting him to play kind of at that pace. But 
there's no doubt that he will in looking at his career in the past at least you know he will take sacks and he will not hold the ball at times and and as you mentioned his feel in the pocket he can be very unorthodox in how he plays and sometimes that can be advantageous for the offense because he can be a little bit of a creator out of structure and sometimes not so much and you know obviously Trubisky's been not been very good at that at those things not been very good at creating and so there is like a higher upside with Minshew there is the like, Taylor Heineke effect like the gamer effect kind of with with Minshew that I think is very real on a on a given Sunday like that he or Saturday I guess in this age that he can that he could ball out elevate his team make some plays out of structure to to lift his guys up that really that upside to me doesn't really exist with Trubisky. We talked about that kind of earlier in the week, like where I don't know you're getting low lows with Trubisky. Perhaps those aren't as fr- quite as frequent as Minshew. We'll see. I mean, I think it's pretty comparable, um, but you're, I don't think you're getting the same level of highs as Minshew. So just in the quarterback matchup, I'm a little bit worried for Pittsburgh. Containing the pocket is something they haven't been that great at. And so um, I'd like to see them be able to do that better in this matchup. And I think that that's going to be an important thing with Minshew for sure. No doubt about it. The containing the pocket's a big one for sure. You you don't have Jonathan Taylor in the mix. It's going to be a Zach Moss game. At least that's what it looks like at this point. And so, you know, from a rushing perspective, Minshew's not a runner per se, but he'll he'll scramble here and there. And like you said, he's very unorthodox in everything he does. Um, it's they're just a really are a bizarre team. And I think I've learned my lesson saying I think this game skews towards Pittsburgh. I do, but I you know I'll stop saying that because I said it. Uh, for Arizona and New England, but like the way they've been winning and the way they go about their business in theory um, is something Pittsburgh should be able to stop. Um, but again, we will, we will see if that's actually the case. Yeah. Because I mean, running the football is kind of how Indianapolis is, is preferring their offensive line has been good, but it is strength on strength kind of in that regard, Steelers defensive front. And they've been pretty good at running the football or at stopping the run this season. Um, and the Colts have tried to establish the run. They're not necessarily ranked that highly in EPA per, per rush um, at 19th in the NFL this season, but they've certainly had some pretty productive outings, even if it's not that consistent from their backs uh, from Zach Moss. And then obviously, as you mentioned, Jonathan Taylor out for this one, um, but he has played well times this year too. So yeah, I I am I think if Pittsburgh can obviously stop in what Indianapolis does on the ground, that would be advantageous. But I also think the Colts are probably going to try to go after this team through the air. I mean, there are there's a lot to be had here. Um, and yes, Pittsburgh has improved in their their second in the past defense um, slightly, just based on benching Levi Wallace really for the most part, making Fitzpatrick back, and hopefully getting into form here. Um, obviously adding Joey Porter Jr. to the lineup and what he's brought to the team has been really, really helpful too. But this is still a group that's that's definitely hurting right now. And uh and I and I feel like they're still pretty susceptible to giving up big plays. In fact, this season, one of the things probably to watch in this game, the Colts have actually been pretty good at hitting explosives down the field when they've done it. It's not like a, a huge part of what they do, but when they've done it, I Minshew's mean, I think at like 45% adjusted completion uh, percentage on those 20 plus air yard throws, which is a, a pretty good mark. And the Steelers, we know, have been really susceptible to those big plays. In fact, this season, Pittsburgh's given up 50 20 plus air yard or 20 plus yard pass plays this season. Not even air yard, just 20 plus yard pass plays this season. There's only a couple teams. In fact, there's only three teams, I believe, that have been worse than that this season. The Chargers are the same. So you people know how maligned the Chargers defense has been this season. They're the same. And then Tampa Bay, Washington, and Cincinnati have given up more this season. But that's it. I mean, so it has been pretty brutal for Pittsburgh in terms of giving up splash plays in the past game. They've been great at preventing them on the ru- on the ground for the most part this season, which has helped for sure. But how that pass defense holds up against a Colts offense that surprisingly can take the lid off things at times, it's going to be a huge part of this game. Huge. And that is what I was kind of alluding to just then. So they, you know, they can do it. And those are all, you know, good notes and that like the, he has been efficient when he's done it. And so maybe it's kind of more of a quality over quantity thing because they are, 25th in the league in just deep pass attempt percentage. So it's just throwing the ball 20 plus yards downfield. They're 25th in the rate that they do that. And then the amount of explosive passes, which would include, you know, yards after the catch. So wherever the depth of target is, how far you then go for us, an explosive pass, I think is 15, not 20. Um, it's, they're still at 25th in, per, in percentage of passes that go for 15 plus yards. So yeah, no, it's a good point. Like they, they can do it. They're efficient when they choose to do so. Um, but they don't choose to do it all that often. And so if Pittsburgh can avoid, you know, a couple of those 
I mean, 50 is, is three a week. It's, it's pretty crazy. If, if you keep that, in, you know, or more at this point, you keep that at one in this game. Um, you know, I, I think you're in a pretty good spot here. And, and I think, sure. you know, you, you just you just don't let Minshew get comfortable, make him feel like he can't wait for a downfield route to develop. Um, and maybe he just doesn't take those opportunities because he was not always looking to do so. Um, yeah, no, it's a good shot. I'm sure a lot of those were like busted coverages and things like that, which we know uh, is is bound to happen at some point with, with this Steelers secondary. Yeah, and leading this, the Colts by far this year in targets is Michael Pittman Jr. with 132 targets this season. He's got 95 catches for 984 yards. He is more of a possession guy, but he's definitely made his fair share of plays down the field as well. And then Josh Downs is second. Uh, and the team with 77 targets, he's got 54 catches. Also another kind of possession guy. Their field stretcher guy has really been Alec Pierce, who started off the season pretty slow, but has kind of come on lately a little bit. Um, he's had 100 yards two weeks ago against Tennessee uh, and caught a touchdown in that game. But really, it's been kind of a slow. It's been for a while there. I felt like uh, with Pierce, it looked like it was you know not really going to happen, and just wondering if he was going to be a part of what they were doing at all. He had that breakout game against the Titans, but it's been pretty slow going. Other than that, the season just one touchdown he is the guy if you're gonna you know have one catch for 30 yards in a game that's probably gonna be him if there is a player like that on this roster but yeah they definitely aren't a team that's just gonna trot out a bunch of vertical threats every single snap so it's gonna be important for Pittsburgh to I would assume if Joey Porter Jr. is matching up with Michael Pittman to be able to figure out where Josh Downs is and be able to take him away because he is another chain mover for them. That's exactly how I saw it, too, is that I, I like the matchup for JPJ. I would say the one big thing is don't be too grabby. Like, Pittman is not a phenomenal athlete. He went early. Yeah, he is a great possession receiver. He's on, you know, he had 99 catches last year. He might have 100-plus this year as well with more, you know, more downfield. His average of depth of target is still only like eight yards, which for a predominantly out wide receiver is an extremely low number. Um, and it's not entirely his fault. You know, some of that is just playing with Gardner Minshew, but – um, but yeah, like he's not a burner, uh, but he does a very good job of boxing out. And I think of drawing penalties as well. Like a lot of his value maybe isn't even captured in his stats because he's he's such a big body. And I think he has kind of good nuance to where he knows like how to lean into leverage and do different things, um, either in the route or at the catch point to draw some of that from opposition. Like that's the thing Joey needs to avoid. But like from a physicality standpoint and like, a, you know, an athletic ability standpoint, he should be able to match up with Pittman just fine. Um, Downs, I think, is the issue. He definitely, you know, 5'9", 175-pound slot guy. He can win vertically down the seam and um, and makes good plays in traffic and downfield more than you expect for his build. And then, yeah, Pierce is a funny one. I, I loved his pairing, and we'll see it. But I thought Anthony Richardson would love an Alec Pierce. He can creates zero separation. We joke about George Pickens. Pierce is, is a, you know, a, a degrees worse, but is a really good downfield ball tracker. Was good at Cincinnati doing so. Uh, your classic go up and get it guy. It's just like, yeah, Minshew didn't even look his way for the first like six weeks they played together. Um, but I do think once Richardson comes back, they'll probably have a better connection there. Um, but yeah, uh, to me, Downs is the key matchup. Um, and then they have the deepest stable of tight ends, maybe of any team. I'm not saying any of them are elite, but they have like six guys they could trot out a tight end. Uh, and not even including Jelani Woods, who I was super high on. He's been out the entire season with it with a hamstring injury. He must have torn, must have torn his hamstring. But yeah. Kylan Granson's a good player. Alec Ogletree or Andrew Ogletree. Uh, I keep forgetting what, what his full it's, name is. This one's um, Andrew. Yeah, Alex, yeah, the yeah, linebacker yeah. that got overpaid for years. There you go. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. Bears legend. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I'm gonna say about every player who's ever played a snap for the Bears, but anyway, so yeah, there's so, so many Bears players just based off your Bears legend comments. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, how oh yeah, people played for the Bears. Oh yeah, well, even they've even done quarterbacks. Yeah, that, there's a lot of legends there. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so like they do, they, they they rotate these guys through. You know, obviously that Mo Ali Cox is the big body, like uh, you know, red zone target guy. Like that's a, that's a focal point of theirs too. They they they'll play. Uh, who's the rookie from Miami? If you remember two, uh, um, Will Mallory. Yeah, well, Mallory mixes in a little bit here and there too. Not a ton, but you know, he's he's a fast, like after the catch tunnel screen type of player. Um, yeah, they, they they use those guys too. So yeah, for me, it's on the interior, the the slot receiver, the uh, and Josh Downs, and and all those tight ends. Yeah, Granson leads them in targets amongst the tight end room with 35 this season. Uh, the next closest is Oakle Tree with just 18 targets this year. So it's a seldom used group, 
uh, other than their blocking, but it's definitely a group that can be effective when they have. And you mentioned Mo Ali Cox. He only has seven catches this year, but two of those have gone for touchdowns. Uh, so yeah, definitely a group you have to be aware of in the red area. Uh, just on the season in general, Granson's at 372 snaps. Mo Ali Cox, despite hardly being involved in the past game, is at 311 snaps. And then Ogletree's at 287. So speaks to what you were talking about, where there's just a ton of balance. Or even Mallory has 113. So nobody's really dominating the snap counts, even if Granson's like the number one guy in the past game. Um, so lots of players you have to be aware of. To me, the offensive line for the Colts has been a nice story this season. It's not perfect, but you mentioned Raymond. I thought last year just kind of looked overwhelmed early in his career. And honestly, I didn't think his college tape was dominant, but he's really come along. He's developed nicely. Will Fries has developed nicely as well at the guard spot opposite Quentin Nelson, uh, who's obviously a stud himself. Ryan Kelly, I think he's been pretty healthy this season. Is he healthy for this game? Uh, he should be. He's been, he's had okay. a bounce back year for him. Um, yeah, yeah I, he should he should be playing as far as I know. Good, good solid. I mean, I think he's one of the probably more underrated centers in the league when he's been healthy. He's obviously battled his injuries. And then who's at right tackle right now? Is it still Braden Smith? I think I Braden Smith hurt. might be dinged up. Yeah, he's he is. Hurt. I think it's Blake Freeland. It might now, not be it? him. Yeah, I'll pull it up real quick. So it's a good it's a good shot because he has a good player. Um, yeah, yeah. But, it uh, looks like it was Freeland last week against uh, since yeah the last two weeks look has been Freeland. We'll see. Yeah, if, Blake Freeland. Yep, the rookie from uh, BYU, fourth rounder. Yep. Let, let's see if Braden Smith. I'm not trying to check if he was if he's coming back sometime soon or not. That'd um, be a big one because Freeland yeah. has struggled. I, you know, huge guy. I think he's like six eight, six nine. Um, and uh, I think he'll get there, but it's just he looks like a rookie tackle. We'll, we'll put it that way. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I think it's the type of matchup where TJ Watt could have three sacks against. So TJ, if there's a type that TJ struggles against, it's like real big, powerful guys who like you just can't do anything. You can't get through their outside shoulder. Or you can't power through them or anything like that. But that's not Blake Freeland. I think he will destroy uh, Blake Freeland if, yeah. it's It sounds like here from what Destin Adams, who covers the Colts, said, uh, Colts will likely be without starting right tackle Braden Smith. Rookie Blake Freeland uh, is going to end the year with, yeah, facing a lot of top pass rushers. And so, yeah, it looks like Braden Smith did not practice slash walk through uh, the last couple of days. So uh, yeah. we'll see if he comes back. We'll keep an eye on it, obviously. Um, it's, I guess Shane Steichen said they technically, yeah, was asked if they have a chance to play on Sunday. That would be Juju Brents, the corner, uh, Jonathan Taylor, and Braden Smith. And he said, uh, we'll see. Um, but I don't think they practiced. They didn't practice yesterday. Taylor and Smith did not practice yesterday. So Brents, Brents might be trending towards playing, which does matter. I mean, the rookie second round corner is probably their best outside corner on the roster, nonetheless. Yeah. So. And he's only played like a couple games this year, I think. A couple games, like probably six or something like that. Yeah. yeah, he's been up and down with injuries, but the rest of the guys they have, we'll, we'll get to that one. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I mean, they're playing, they're playing some dudes at, yeah. at outside corner this year. So I think Freeland and Raymond, while he's been good, uh, Freeland is definitely the weak link on this on this offensive yeah. line. No question about that. Raymond has been good. I still feel like if Highsmith can get healthy and Watt, obviously, for people who don't know, cleared protocol yesterday, so he's going to play against the Colts this week. I still think Highsmith, if he can get through the protocol as well by Saturday, 
is going to have a really good matchup too. Or Herbig, if it ends up being Herbig that plays. Um, and, and maybe they'll start Golden and rotate in Herbig, but Herbig would still play a good amount. Like I still think there's this is a matchup they can win um, versus Raymond. I think he can be susceptible on his outside shoulder. So I I like the matchup on the outside. Inside, I think the Colts have some real strength. That's going to be an absolute battle with Benton and some of the guys they're playing in there. Hayward, obviously, um, they really need to lean into continuing to play Benton more. But other than that, it feels like that could be like a heavyweight matchup that we like. When we get to all 22, we're like zeroed in on that matchup on the inside. I agree more. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, no, everyone knows who Quentin Nelson is at this point. Kelly has had a bounce back year. Um, no question about it. Former first rounder at center. And then Fry is like a guy, you know, I, I wrote about like the, the biggest deficiency for each roster in like week four or five. And it was it was Fry's for, for them. I thought he just looked kind of out of sorts. And then like since then, he's been really, really solid. Um, so, yeah, the interior that, that match, it's going to be a battle. It is heavyweight bout. Um, and I'm looking forward to that one for sure. Yeah, we didn't talk enough about this probably, but for the Steelers last week uh, against the Patriots, um, Monty Adams and Keanu Benton each played 17 snaps. Yeah, I mean. So, yeah, Armand Watts played 15 uh, to give you an idea of where they believe Keanu Benton is in this rotation. And Larry Ogunjobi, Larry Ogunjobi played 38 on his way to a 45 uh, PFF grade against the run. Good stuff. Um, so, yeah, they continue to just have absolutely no clue what they're doing with personnel. And it's going to be important in this game. Like, if you put Ugo Joby out there for double the snaps of Keanu Benton, you're probably going to you, you're gonna get killed on the ground, I would say. Which Zeke Elliott did, which happened. So, there yeah. you go. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I think it's a huge problem, the fact that they can't identify personnel and they don't know who their best players are. Uh, that's like basic NFL coaching, and I don't think they can do it. So uh, I think it could be something that hurts the Steelers in this game. I still like the defensive matchup for the Steelers. Like I don't think there's a lot of things here that will expose them if they don't beat themselves with the coverage bus and losing contain and dropping interception opportunities, things like that. You're going to get your chance at sacks. You're going to get your chance at turnovers. And when that happens, that's usually a saving grace for this defense. It's usually against the, the schemes and the players that take those things away from you um that you're going to be worried the wor- the worry i have mainly is that Shane Steichen i think is a very good and ascending offensive coordinator who is just figuring out how to work around all his limitations and i trust the coaching of the Colts offense a lot more than i trust any coaching aspect of the Steelers going into this game absolutely no he he's been exceptional i mean truly truly exceptional you you lose your quarterback pretty much right out of, right out of the gate it's not the most talented group of pass catchers. It's, you know, solid pieces, but I don't think anyone on the team is number one. Um, you know, and, and again, Josh Downs comes in uh, super productive at UNC, but like, you know, this new mold of, you know, 5'9", 170 pounders, you know, like a Calvin Austin, like a Tank Dell, but, and it's immediately productive. And they were, they were, before the Patriots came in Germany, they were the only team in the NFL that had scored 20 plus points in every game through like week 11. Like it was like, it was nuts. And yeah, some of that is because, you know, they, they had to score to keep up and, and things like that. But they also don't have Jonathan Taylor for probably half the season. If you you know combine the first injury and now the second injury he's had and Zach Moss was not the most efficient. He wasn't there. EP per play is not that good. Um, their success rate isn't, isn't stellar either, but but it, like or is better than the EPA per play, but but is not um, you know incredible. But yeah, it's just I mean they're top their eleventh in play action rate. That they they run some RPO stuff. They they're interesting. Like they're not like spamming motion. They're they're really just I, I I think they just have really strong route combinations and just know how to attack certain defenses and attack leverage. And I think in a weird way, like Minshew. I think kind of like coming in like wasn't the biggest drop off in the world. Like you wanted Richardson to get get experience, to learn the NFL game, adjust to the speed, and obviously just become more of a you know nuanced and complete passer. But uh, I think the combination, you know, don't, don't forget Steichen brought Minshew over from Philadelphia. Like they have a connection, you know, going back a couple of years now. Yeah, it's just like they get the ball up very quickly. They throw the ball underneath, uh, you know, to these guys, and but they're not even that high in yards after the catch or yards after contact. Like it's just. It's just kind of an efficient offense that just kind of matriculates down the field um, unless Minshew makes mistakes. And that, and that is the key is, is causing him, uh, you know, to, taking a turnover worthy play and making it an actual turnover. Yeah. I mean, we should probably, I mean, unless we have something else offensively flip to them defensively, because that's honestly like they both sides of the ball, like talent wise, I don't understand quite how it's happening. And I don't like, I look at the production, I'm like who who's really doing this? Like, well, how's this happening? But they're just getting it done sign of a really just well-coached team. I think 
And defensively, it's that's like such a big part of the story, Brad. It's just like looking at their players. I mean, they started Jalen Jones and Daryl Baker at corner last week. <laughs> and it's like that, that's who, been the start of most of the year. <laughs> yeah, it's like Rodney Thomas is a free safety for this team last week. It's just like, what is going on with this group? And obviously, Julian Blackman's been there a while, but he's had his injuries but uh, yeah, last year, I think, with missed most of the year with an injury and He's back out there with them in the secondary. Kenny Moore's been there a while too, had a down year last year. This is just a group that I would don't think anybody would have thought would have been a good secondary this year. And somehow you look at the numbers this year and EPA per uh, drop back this year, sixth in the NFL. Success rate uh, via opposing passing attacks this year is is much lower for them, but their EPA per drop back, like they've been a pretty effective team this year. And then if you look EPA per play, just defensively in general, they're ninth best this year. Um, so the pass defense has been a real strength. The run defense has been a real weakness. They are 30th in the NFL in EPA per play uh, per rush. And then same thing with success rate. They're actually 31st. So that has been the real struggle for them is figuring out how to stop the run. But against the pass, they've actually been way more effective this year than I think anybody could have thought they would be based on their personnel. And and honestly, some of the changes that were coming in just the time it would take to adjust to new scheme and things like that. And I think here's the biggest issue, which, you know, just just Pittsburgh's luck on the timing for the run defense is because Grover Stewart got a suspension mm-hmm. for six games for I think PEDs. I forget what it was. Yeah. Um, he's back in this game. This is his first game back uh, is against Pittsburgh, and he is the anchor of this run defense. I think one of the better nose tackles uh, against the run in the entire NFL. Um, you know, he's kind of an up-and-down player. of some games where you're watching, like, this is the most dominant player on the field. Yeah. Others where you're like, you know, didn't even notice who was out there. Uh, he's just kind of one of those guys. But, you know, when he's on, he, he is a problem, can take on combo blocks, double double teams, and, um, you know, is just is just a really a, a, like an issue uh, when you're trying to run the football between the tackles. So he's back. I'm sure he'll be motivated, feeling fresh. Um, and he probably, uh, like I said, is a big reason why that, that's been a struggle. Not that one player changes an entire, you know, defensive scheme, but but he is the kind of the core of that run defense. Absolutely. He's really good up front to force Buckner really good as well. Um, the Colts are the the least likely team to blitz in the entire NFL per pro football reference at just over 16%, which is good because the Steelers still have no idea what to do when a team blitzes. So that matchup, that part of the matchup is definitely advantageous for the Steelers. Their pressure percentage for the Colts is, is down their bottom half of the league. They're in like that yeah, high 20s, I believe, uh, 21% this year. So this has not been a great pass rushing team up front. I think that like you said, the run defense part of this will improve uh, with the return of Grover Cleveland. But the pass rush in general, it's really Buckner from what I've seen. And then they kind of piece it together. I do like Samson. Samson Ebicom to me has been one of the more underrated players in the league for a while now. He is, uh, you guys have him at eight sacks this year, uh, 36 pressures. He is just kind of the perfect long and late downs uh, edge guy that with speed that can rush off the edge. So he's someone to be aware of. He's a factor, especially if he's going up against somebody like Dan Moore. Like He can definitely disrupt and, and make a splash play in this game. He sealed the game uh, against the Bucks. He actually beat Tristan Wirfs. Uh, Wirfs was banged up, but he beat him around his outside edge. He's got four sacks in the last three weeks as well. So he's a player to be aware of. But Buckner's kind of the main guy for them, I feel like, defensively, that you have to be aware of up front on passing downs. Oh, for sure. You know, but Buckner is still kind of the one on both sides of the ball, really. Like, I know he's a bit older now, but, like, the force multiplier, like, elite-level talent, um, Mm. you know, they trade a first-round pick, an early first-round pick for a reason to go get the guy. Uh, You know, the three-tech in that defense – uh, is key. We should also mention, I mean, this is the Gus Bradley defense. You're going to get cover three 50 plus percent of the time. He's led the league. Are they the highest? I think they're the highest cover three team in the league. They have been for, I think, four years in a row now, John. That's, that's, oh, what, that's wow. what Gus. <laughs> I, that's I knew they were Bradley. high, but this year I think I thought it was, yeah, wow, that's crazy. Gus, it's actually lower this year than normal. Like, the, oh, wow. He was, he was in the low 60% for the amount of cover three that he was running. You know, anyway, Gus Bradley is kind of like old school Seattle, kind of one of the you know, the founders of this that cover three shell. But most teams are kind of moving away from it, playing a lot more too high, or just kind of doing different things with it, um, rotating out of it and stuff like that. He's still, and like I said, this year it's come down a little bit, but you know, he was like 62, 63 percent from you know 2019 to 2022 in like the rate of cover three, um, which is nuts for any you know any any scheme to just be relied on that heavily, but. But, I mean, it's, it's also kind of just the way they're constructed. Like, Julian Blackman is your deep third guy. 
Daryl Baker can do that as well. Um, or not Daryl Baker. Uh, Rodney was it Rodney Thomas? He said, yeah. Um, and, and then you know it, it helped. I think it helps the corner, the outside corners um, that are you know former undrafted guys, seventh round picks that, that just kind of you know have their deep third to to defend. Um, and, you know, kind of keep everything in front of them and, and limit explosives and just come up and make tackles. It's kind of, you know, I, I think a way to work around their deficiencies. And it's been, you know, good enough this year. Like you said, they haven't been very good against the pass. But, but yeah, no, it's like, you know what you're going to see. Uh, Trubisky should understand what coverage he's going to be seeing most of the time uh, and ideally take advantage of it. But, you know, we'll we'll, we'll see about that. You guys probably have access to it. I'd be curious to see what his numbers are specifically against cover three over the course of his career. I'll pull, I'll pull it up because I just thought of that as I was saying it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll pull Let's that up. Let's see if there's – for grasping at straws here, reasons to hope that Mitch Trubisky might not be a train wreck in this game. I just looked at – I know PFF grades, you know, like we've talked about before, Heather Cavs, but I just looked. He's actually decent uh, grade-wise against Arizona. But the other games this season, he's been 45 or lower as a passer. That's pretty hard to do to be that bad. So, I mean, yeah, you don't see many quarterback grades that low that often. So, yeah, you don't. You don't. There's a higher floor, I think, for that position generally. And, yeah, yeah. he's uh, managed to be underneath that. So pretty, pretty, pretty unimpressive. Um, The pressure aspect of this is big, though. The Steelers offensive line pretty much have to win the matchup, I think, if you consider the matchup on the other side of the trenches with the Steelers defensive line against Colts offensive line is a push in some regards. Um, I think the Steelers offensive line has to win this matchup. Um, They've played, honestly, pretty well. Even in the last two losses, they played pretty well against the defensive lines that they should play well against. They pretty much have. Uh, They've been Good in pass protection. They've created in the run game when the Steelers have been able to run the football. Though They've been an impressive group, I think, despite those losses. So you won't win the battle in the trenches and lose the game that often. So the fact they've done it twice in a row means they're, I could see some regression in the mean coming if they're able to win that battle again um, this week against the Colts. So we'll see. That will be obviously a tough matchup, especially with Gar- Grover Stewart back in there. Um, I was on a podcast with Josh Capo who covers the Bucks the other day, and he called him Grover Cleveland, uh, the the two time president. Which is really funny. Um, anyway, so that'll yeah. be a tough part of this. James Daniels playing at a high level. Siamalu, will he play? Will he not? Big question mark. We'll see. That's obviously important. Um, and then Mason Gold. Yeah. Well, he's got a <laughs> I think a, you might go for some play player of the week. week. Yeah, he's a clown play player of the week uh, candidate for sure. Well, let's uh, just get it out of the way right now. Yeah, it's going to be yeah, basically Mason cool Cole. for both of us. Yeah, yeah, I'm cool with that. Yeah, so the Trubisky, uh, the note there, it's it's optimistic, I suppose. So his hmm. base rate, his overall grade against all coverages, his entire career, which maybe isn't the best way to do it, but he hasn't played a ton recently. Uh, 70 passing grades, 6.5 yards per attempt. Or sorry, sorry, 63 uh, passing grade and 6.5 yards per attempt against cover three, specifically a 70 grade and 7.3 yards per attempt. So uh, and it's a decent sample size too. I mean, it's hundreds of path attempts. So yeah. a little bit, a little bit better against cover three than, than the, uh, the base right there. Okay. All right. Some reason for hope on this Thursday. Um, that's good. I like it. Uh, let's just leave the Trubisky analysis right there. We won't touch it any more than that. Um, the Colts, you know, for all that we've talked about with them, defensively this season where are they oh they, they've actually forced the same amount of turnovers as the Steelers this year which has been kind of the calling card for the Steelers oh they've, they've gotten turnovers that's why they've won games the Colts probably can credit turnovers uh for that as well both teams with 21 turnovers tied for seventh I believe uh, in the NFL this season um with 21 turnovers forced so yeah it's uh been a uh, strength for both these teams so a lot of strengths in similar spots for these teams right the lines um, yeah. and then uh, how their uh, defenses have taken the ball away would certainly be part of it. Colts secondary, this group has been kind of all over the place this season. You mentioned Juju Brents perhaps being back for this game and what that could mean for this unit. Um, I feel like it's been a, a mixed bag group, right? Uh, this year, uh, obviously, you have Kenny Moore who's played. Is he still playing in the slot pr- predominantly? Yeah. Yeah, I think sometimes in base he will kick outside, but he's like n- almost exclusively a slot player. Let's see here. Yeah, uh, yeah. 575 yeah. snaps in the slot, 150 out wide. So it does happen, but he's like, you know, way more at slot. And Jalen Jones has been most of the season the other starting corner. And I don't I haven't studied Jalen Jones or watched how how that's gone. I know your grades and numbers on him here are not like overwhelmingly in support of how he's played, but 
Um, it, it seems like he's been one of the outside corners. And then Daryl Baker has been the other guy when Juju Brents has been out. Dallas Flowers has played some as well. Like, there's a, mm-hmm. there's a, they've used a huge group. But you would think if Brents is healthy, it's Brents and Jones on the outside, more on the slot. That'd be my expectation, yeah. Okay. And Baker would be the guy that I think would would come off the bench, I guess, in that regard. But it hasn't necessarily been pretty for any of those players in terms of PFF grade, but they've been so able jo- to kind of no. No, but like Jones is a seventh round rookie. So like, I actually yeah. think he's been decent. Um, Like, I, you know, cause it was interesting. I only watched him to, to be honest, when they cut Darius rush, who they took in the fifth round. So they took Brent's in the second Darius rush out of South Carolina um, in the fifth. Is that, I'm saying that right. Is Darius rush? Yeah. I I yeah. And right. yeah. And then, and then they took Jalen Jones in the seventh and then they cut rush right. and we're like, yeah, Jones is ahead of him on the depth chart. Um, and so I was like, okay, this guy beat it. Because I liked Rush coming out of college. Mm-hmm. He obviously is on the Steelers now, isn't he, actually? Yeah, so, he is. Yeah. yeah. They got a nice scouting report uh, for the you know month that he was yeah. in camp with, with Indy. Uh, but, yeah, no. So that was the first time I ever, I ever like, threw on his tape and watched him. He, he's solid. I, I think you can absolutely, like, get him turned around a little bit, like, get in his hip pocket and, and, and kind of, like, get in his blind spots. And, and I think he still struggles with, like – like not lateral movement, but just like flipping his hips and stuff like that. Like he get, he gets lost in the wash a little bit. Uh, you know, we don't, we'll see about Deontay's status, but like, I think it'd be a nightmare nightmare matchup for him with Deontay. I think with Pickens, he'd, he'd be okay. He's like a, they, they go after like bigger corners. Yeah. He's six two, two 203 pounds. Like that, that checks out. It's kind of their, their MO. Um, but I think he would struggle. Like Deontay would create separation against him all day from what I watched. Right. We'll be interested to see how that matchup, like who plays on who and how if they do that, if they just play sides, whatever that looks like. But uh, Daryl Baker, by the way, this is just a hilarious stat to me. He's missed 12 tackles this season. He's a corner. He's missing 27% of his tackle attempts. <laughs> that is an insane number for a corner. Very, very bad. Um, you know, some of these other guys might miss tackles, but like it's you know, they also around the ball more, just playing linebacker, playing more snaps than he has this. He's only played 450 snaps. He's missed 12 tackles. It's not good at all. So we'll see what uh Juju Brents is able to provide them if he gets back into the lineup this week. But been pretty definitely been flashy in the in the reps that I've seen of him. I did not love his college tape at all. Um, at all. But that's kind of par for the course. The Colts are probably the team more than any team that I'm like, yeah, I didn't like that college tape. And then they get to the Colts and they're like, actually, all right. Like that was true for Shaq Leonard when he was there. Um, that's definitely been true for uh, Julian Blackman. I was fine on, although Colts fans have gone after me for years about Julian Blackman being better than I thought he would be. Maybe definitely some good players in the secondary. Blackman's probably the guy you have to be aware of in terms of taking away the ball. He got three picks this year. He had handful picks. A couple of years ago, I think last year was the year he was hurt, if I recall. Yeah, last year, no, he he ended up. It was actually 2021 that he ended up uh, that he was hurt. And last year came back, wasn't quite the same player. Um, but his rookie year, four interceptions. He's got eight interceptions in his career, uh, despite not being like necessarily a full time player and missing some time with injury. So he doesn't really give up a ton of splash plays, and he also makes a lot of plays on the ball. Pretty good combination as a deep safety. I think he's the best, yeah, secondary player, which, yeah, low bar, no question about it, but but he is. Um, and, and, yeah, he can turn the ball over, good ball production. Um, we should mention, too, I guess you mentioned Shaq Leonard. The, the linebackers that are actually there, like Zaire Franklin might still lead the NFL in solo tackles. He did for a long, long time. Both guys, I think you can pick on in coverage. Like, I think it's Frymuth could, could, you know, have a good matchup here. Uh, but, but like, very good sideline to sideline, come up and, and, and crash and, and make plays. Uh, in the run game, uh, EJ Speed's pretty solid too. But, but Franklin, in particular, uh, has just been playing with his head on fire and just like, you know, j- just with reckless abandon. Um, and and he yeah, has crushed made crushed a guy last week. I mean, yeah, yes, he did. That's what I'm thinking of. As I'm, as I'm talking through it. Yeah, he's oh been he's gosh. been a problem. Yeah, he's he's definitely a beast. He's developed so well there. Um, so he's somebody to watch for in the middle of the defense, obviously. Um, but yeah, they definitely they love these big, long, like lanky linebackers um, who can move uh, for sure and hit like they have a they have a real type and they'll just like they just like let Jack Leonard go, obviously. And so he's moved on and Okarike in this past offseason moved on as well. So they've been kind of a little little bit of a low key linebacker factory there, uh, the way they've cranked some of these guys out. And and speed is another one that you have to be aware of, too. He He's another one. He will miss some tackles uh, for sure, but um, definitely has the. 
the tools that they look for at the position. So it's a they've gotten almost every single one of these guys to play at a level that either people would be surprised by uh, that, that it was in a positive direction or um, they've had guys th- that have been injured uh, that haven't had the opportunity to play at that level. It's been almost one or the other for them this season. There haven't been a lot of like massive disappointments on their team, but I think they're still definitely like missing that like truly dynamic game changing pass rusher, the same type of player corner. Maybe it's Brent. So we'll see. They don't have like any elite star really. Buckner's the guy you mentioned, uh, but even he, I think most people would consider like a tier two D tackle. And so lots of good solid players, no real stars like the Steelers have on that side, which leads me to the draft of Steelers and Colts players from these rosters for people who are just tuning into this episode for the first time. Welcome. And this is what we do each week. We draft between the Steelers roster and their opponents roster. We just choose among the healthy players or the health players that are likely um, to play that upcoming week. And we do not choose quarterbacks for this exercise uh, because of just the value of the position and how it would throw things off. So I take him this actually, week anyway. <laughs> what's that? We wouldn't take him this week anyway. <laughs> We, the quarterbacks <laughs> we definitely would not be taking a quarterback this week i think you're first this week brad i'm i'm positive but yeah well i'm glad he's back out of concussion protocol uh and this matchup like you said I, this is a multiple sack matchup for for uh our guy tj watt he's really gotta have a dominant game man like and and i think tj watts had a good season but i don't think he's had his best season and i also i don't know the numbers are great it's always gonna be that way I don't think he's had his best season. And also I really just want to see his game evolve and grow. And I don't feel like that's happened this season. Like I think there's more, we've talked about this at length. People can go back and listen to our other pods and other times we've talked about it, but I just think there's more for him to be able to do as a pass rusher. If he added counter moves um, and if he was willing to move around more, and if the team was willing to move him around more, I think there could be even more production and more down to down. He's always going to convert pressures to sacks at a really high rate. But he's not. He doesn't have the same win rate as some of the top guys in the league. I think they can find him more advantageous matchups, um, like the other guys get. But they haven't done that, and so uh, he needs to take advantage of this specific matchup, which I think he's actually well equipped to do this season, this week. Um, so I, I am a big fan of that pick. I think you clearly got the best player in this game. Um, oh man, I guess for me, I think the only other player I'd say. This season, at least, obviously Hayward is in this conversation. And I guess, uh, should we not take Alex Highsmith this week? He's still in concussion protocol. I think it's very a risky pick. Yeah, it's yeah. a risky pick. Maybe, well, the rule we should make is that if, let's say this, if you pick a guy who ends up not playing, if you are the first overall pick, maybe it goes back to the other person. And then if you're already in second, I don't know what we do. Maybe like the, for like the 10th round, like, I get to you, go the next week. You mean you lose yeah, the, pick? For the following week, the penalty, the penalty for taking an injured guy. So you can take the risk if you want to, but then let's say next week, like if he, if he doesn't play, I get to go first again or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> What's the upside of taking the risk? If he plays then you got a great, you got a great player. <laughs> we don't even look back at these teams. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We don't, I don't know. We don't even to look get, back. Trying to, trying to create some punitive, punitive damages for, uh, yeah, this this situation. Uh, okay. Well, with that incentive, I will probably not take him. No, guess. go for it. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> um, I think I'm gonna take Quentin Nelson. Uh, he's still beast. I know it's not necessarily been his best season, but and you could talk about position uh, value and things like that. But I think he's an awesome football player, and uh, when I watch him, I feel like I'm super impressed by him. So I'll go Quentin Nelson at uh, my first pick. Love it. You left my guy, uh, DeForest Buckner. I was between those two, I think. Um, I, I still think, you know, a bit older, but I still think he's one of the best three techniques in the NFL, um, especially as a pass rusher. So, uh, yeah, give me DeForest Buckner. Wow. I would, I wouldn't even rank him above Cam Hayward, I think, but I think he's very good. I think he's very good. But yeah, that's it. Okay. Buckner. Uh, you got Watt and Buckner. I've got Quentin Nelson, and now I've got Minka Fitzpatrick as well. I know it's been a quiet season for Minka. He's actually feels like he goes full games and other than plays around the box, you just don't even notice him. It's unbelievable. Um, part of it's that they haven't actually been thrown on a ton in recent weeks, like just in general, especially down the field. Um, they don't have another safety that's worth anything. So it just feels like he's never involved. He's never targeted and he's never and he doesn't make splash plays this year either. And so it just feels like teams have totally avoided him, which has happened at times during a Steelers tenure um but uh yeah it's been kind of one of those types of seasons but i have no doubt about the type of player he still is he's a baller yeah no no doubt about that um 
you say Cam Hayward's better than DeForest Buckner, and then you don't don't take Cam Hayward. That's curious. Very yeah, curious. well, I wasn't even gonna. T- I wasn't even gonna take. I was gonna take Mika, and then we'll see. But I guess now I left Hayward here for you. So <laughs> yeah, you get yeah, a full defensive I, line team. Yeah, I'm just building out a defensive front. Um, yeah, I got to take him. I think I, he's he's the next best player available here. So yeah, look at that interior duo of Hayward and DeForest Buckner with T.J. Watt screaming off the edge. Yeah, I like where I'm yeah. at. Yeah, I can't wait to see this on Sunday. <laughs> in Madden, uh, in Madden. We'll, build, we'll build these rosters in Madden. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you play Madden? No, I have 2015 uh, uh, somewhere yeah. around here. Yeah, I haven't played it since I was a kid. So I, yeah, yeah, it's the, uh, there's people post videos, uh, and I'm like, is this like the current graphics or is this like a throwback? Because I can't tell because it looks worse than the ones I used to play as a kid. <laughs> I agree. I don't know what's happened to the game. Uh, okay, I will go. Hmm. I'm going to, I think I'm going to go Joey Porter Jr. I've just been so impressed. I think I'm going to go with him here over the wideouts. I, I feel good about it. Impressive. Impressive. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. And also like Deontay's a risky pick too. Um, I, I think he'll play. It sounds like he's trying trending more positive, but yeah, I don't know. It didn't practice on Wednesday. So you never know. Hmm. Yeah, I guess, uh, I mean, you could take him. Do you taking your risk? Are you taking your risk? Right, I'm gonna take my risk. Maybe the, the 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 rule should be like that round pick you get skipped the next time. So like, so it's like where you take them type of thing, like a keeper league situation. Um, so I have to keep these rosters, is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, hmm. He probably is the next best player. Um, because like Pittman's been productive, but I do think like like Deontay yeah. and George are more talented players than, than, than he is. Like, with all due Pittman's respect, he's been just... a really good contested catch receiver. I think he's, like, a 53% for his career. He's been, like, like right around, like I think he's been over 50, actually, just barely, obviously, like, every year of his career, uh, maybe not his rookie year. But I, he's he's been very good at what he does. But his problem is he's just very siloed, whereas, hypothetically, if he gets out of his own way, Deontay Johnson can kind of do everything again. Like he's just such an enticing player because on a given snap, you're like, wow, how many dudes in the league are more talented than this guy? But then it doesn't mean that he'll consistently be at that level either. True. Pittman's way more consistent. If we were doing a consistency draft, yeah. he would be way at the top. Uh, I'll go, I'll go away from ball. Deontay won't take the risk. He probably will play, but whatever. I'll say this because I, I put a bet. I'm betting on his, on an adjusted line prop, two to one odds that our guy, George Pickens, We'll have over 59 and a half receiving yards, plus 200. Uh, sh- Set on our, my gambling show yesterday. Give me George Pickens. I love his matchup in this game. Man, George Pickens, 767 yards this season. The idea that a guy this talented and an offense this bad wouldn't be getting force-fed the football is just crazy to me. I'll take Deontay Johnson, but yeah, wow, that's... Both these guys, like, I mean, I know Deontay missed time, but just the lack of production, given what this offense is, is just so damning. Like, how do you not force? You have dudes that are clowns around the league that are getting force-fed production because their team just needs them to be that guy. And the Steelers desperately need that and still can't do it. It's just so bad. It is bad. But, yeah, so just real quick, too, a while of the matchup, the Colts are uh, bottom five in coverage grade and EPA per play on targets to, what, to you know, receivers lined up out wide. Um, and then, um, I, you know, again, Trubisky obviously was horrendous, uh, you know, against the Patriots. But I think he'll have – he'll uncork it and throw deep to George. And you connect on one or two of those and you're, you're at the number. So, anyway – um also you love calling guys clowns my favorite thing i noticed that you're a big clown guy i do i am dude that's such a good observation i because i don't like to use terms that are like too harsh because i find sure 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 sure, that's off-putting yeah and so anyway yeah but you still have to be like you know like how are you gonna get how are you gonna get at guys like i don't know like you gotta know well it's funny because i say bozo which is actually is basically calling someone a clown because bozo the clown so it's kind of the same thing yeah i'm a big bozo guy that's Um, good i like bozo yeah i might throw that in there yeah, but it's a good one. All right. I so I've lost now. You, you just took Deontay? I took Deontay. Yeah. You're back for pick number five. I will take Pittman. Like I, I've been I've been trashing him a little bit. I think there's there's a limited ceiling, but yeah, I mean he's a remarkably consistent player. Um has been more productive down in the red area, had a nice touchdown in overtime to beat the Titans the other week. Um and it's kind of hitting his stride. Like you know, in a contract year, I think he's gonna do pretty well for himself. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll take Michael Pittman. 
I've taken two members of the Steelers secondary, so I'm not sure you could trust my discretion here and what I'm going to do next. There's a bunch of guys for the Colts I'd probably see in like a pretty similar tier um, that I'd be thinking about taking next. But yeah, I think I'm going to go with Kenny Moore. He's had a really good bounce back season. He is a very good player at what he does. I would love a slot corner like that in Pittsburgh. Um, and I think, yeah, he's a very, very helpful player for that defense because communication, tackling, run defense, like all of it, I think like all that matters at that position in terms of, and, and also obviously coverage. So I'm going Kenny Moore. He's a pending free agent. So maybe uh, the Steelers can uh, sign him too. I thought so. Actually, that's kind of why I said that. And I think that he could be somebody that they pursue. We'll see. I mean, he's 20, he's almost 30 and they, you know, he'll be 30 yeah. in a couple of weeks here. So uh, that's usually something they stay away from, but. Is it really like uh, Patrick Peterson, Demonte Kazee? Yeah, yeah. Like... <laughs> well, Kazee is Kazee thirty. I don't think. I don't know. He's just but bad, yeah. Up until this is a crazy stat. Actually, I I should have mentioned this before. Up until was it this off season? It might have been this off season or last off season. The Steelers had never under Kevin Colbert, at least, and we'll see. Maybe this changes. Never signed a free agent over the age of thirty that had not played for the Steelers previously in their career. That's amazing. Oh, is crazy? Probably close to it too, right? I mean, he might be just under, but you know that is, that's a, that's a great stat. Siamalo, I think, is is younger than that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I bet he's like so, 29, 28, 29. Oh, he is thirty now. Yeah, but he wasn't thirty when they signed him. When they signed him, I gotcha. Yeah. No, it's because I mean, it's obviously now. smart. That's that's how you should go about go about it. Yeah. Yeah, they'd never done it under Colbert unless the guy played with them earlier in his career. That was the one uh, exception to that rule, I think. So yeah, well, yeah, you're right. You bring it. You bring a Tyson Alualu back or something like that. That that makes sense. Uh, who's on the? Is it was on the Lions now? Your your Lions. My lines. Yeah. Uh he is, yeah, but he has been cooked for quite a while. So that I is know, very much a desperation. He's like 35, I think, at this point. Um, I will go with speaking of good uh former Steelers, no, current Steelers interior guys, he, he should play way more than 17 snaps. Uh Keanu Benton, please play this guy 30 snaps, uh, not 17. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that uh would be uh very nice. It's like hard because you pick the guy, but then the coach, your coaching staff's not playing him, Mr. GM. So it's uh, difficult to justify. Um, uh, by the way, I just realized I wrote down on my roster more, and I don't want anyone to confuse that with Dan Moore. So I'm going to change that to K Moore. Careful now. <laughs> careful now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Very careful. Got to stay away from that. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Man, I feel like I'm. I've usually chosen more to pick more Steelers than Colts in my my. But this week I'm I'm kind of up in the air because I like all these players on the Colts. I'm I'm kind of wrestling a little bit between two offensive linemen. I think I am going to go Ryan Kelly here. I've always liked Ryan Kelly when he's been healthy, but the injuries have kind of waylaid things a bit. I actually thought he might be on his way out before this year, and he's bounced back at a great year. So I'll, I'll take him over uh, over James Daniels. Yeah, no, I'm with you 100% there. Um, and that's the thing with them for for a game like this. Like, they're not going to be your first pick, but they're then, like, the middle of the draft, they're going to have, like, a ton of dudes. Like, that, that's just kind of how the roster is constructed. Like, they have so yeah. many, like, above average to good players. Um, interesting. I, I do love Samson Ebicam as well, but kind of a rotational guy. Um, talk about a team yeah. that doesn't – they they dip into free agency about as frequently as the, the Steelers yeah. do, which is right. to say never. Um, and Ebicam was like their big splash and has mm -hmm. been good. Uh, I I like Ebicam a lot. I, I know he can't too. be an every down player probably, but for what he does, like I, we, Ollie and I talked about this. I think I told you Ollie Connolly, who I do the audibles and analytics podcast with, he calls them swoopers. These edge guys who are like kind of undersized, but just pure like compact speed rushers that can do like a little speed to power and, and win the edge and turn the corner a little bit, but don't have much else to their game. Like the swooper types, um, you know, Bryce off would be another one. Like those kinds yeah. of players, like yeah. just kind of being back and in vogue right now, like be, be having a lot of value to teams. Um, for right sure. Now. So for sure. You, you need those types. Herbert could be exactly that type, by the way. 100%. That's a good, no, for sure. All right. So. Going to running back? I haven't taken any of these running I, backs. Well, that's the thing. I was thinking about it, but obviously Jonathan Taylor is not going to play in this game. So he's off the board. I was thinking just taking Jalen Warren, but. Are we there yet? Like, are we, am I forgetting anybody? Uh, you know what I'm going to do? We talked about it a bunch. James Daniels is playing the best football of his career, I think, right now. Give me, give me Jimmy D on the interior. Um, Jimmy D. Yeah. I like it. Uh, this is interesting. I've got a bunch of players who I feel like would be in the similar tier for me, uh, kind of grouped together here. 
Um, I think what I'm going to do is go with Zaire Franklin. I just like him as a player a lot. I love the way he plays. He's kind of like a more athletic version of a Landon Roberts, who I also am very high on based on how he's played this season. So, but I'm going to go with Franklin here. I'm, I've taken a lot of Colts. I've taken three Colts in a row here. Look at you. Look at you. You're not a homer. That's right. Despite what the haters say. say. This is your okay. eighth pick, by the way. That's guy I was going to ask. Okay. It's getting tough now. I mean, what do we have? Like, uh, let's see. Uh, if we're not picking Highsmith, which it sounds like we aren't, a Landon Roberts maybe for the Steelers defensively. Yeah. Um, the Quiddy running Pay's backs. Been like decent. Running backs are out there. Quiddy Pay's been decent. He's never going to live up to the first round. I mean, I don't know. He's, a, he's fine, but I'm, I don't think he's worth a pick here. So still here Blackman. Was... You still have Grover Stewart. Yeah, I was thinking Grover. I was sitting there going to take Grover uh, coming off the suspension. Yeah, I'll take Grover Stewart. I think Blackman was my other choice, so maybe he gets taken here. But, yeah, Grover Stewart's awesome against the run, um, and I think we will see that in this matchup. Um, so, yeah. I'll take Blackman. Your defensive line, by the way, is nasty. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you got Benton, uh, too. Jeez. I do. Wow. Benton's going to play 17 snaps for my team, too, now. I don't know. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, all right. I'll take Jalen Warren then. Um, I, I think you mentioned how this team's been good against the run and and, and more susceptible against the. Oh no, the, the reverse. They've been bad against the run and decent against the pass. You were saying, uh, bad against the run, very good against the pass per EPA per play at least. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I was it does. It doesn't make any sense. Nothing about the Colts ranks makes sense. Like their Correct. players, individual players, don't have good numbers or grades in that regard. But then their actual like team stats say that they're good in that regard. Like it's very odd. Like they just don't it's match odd. up very well. No, it's 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 bizarre. It's bizarre. Numbers uh, have a hard too. time capturing this team, I would say. For sure. I mean, when they were they were like seven or six and three or something like that, maybe maybe six and four, with like I said, the stat where they had scored 20 points in every game and they were like 24th in EPA per play on the season. And I was like, well, nothing about this makes sense. Um, turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. Yeah, anyway, been... yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, it's true. Turnovers has been massive for them. Um, yeah, but anyway, Jill Warren, like whether it's like a tunnel screen or uh, you know running the football, I think you need to get get, get some explosives from him to force a couple of missed tackles. Um, the the Colts have allowed their middle of the pack an explosive run rate allowed. So good on a down to down basis will be better with Grover Stewart. But if you can break off a couple uh, big gainers, uh, I think that's you know what Warren needs to do uh, in this game. Yeah, this is. I mean, now I've got Zach Moss or Najee Harris, which is just like the same player. I feel like so. Um... <laughs> Jeez. Ouch. Ouch. That's that's tough. Is that tough for who's that tough one? Zach Motz or <laughs> no, I mean they're not they don't look the same physically, but I just mean they're both no, uh, I know. Early down runners. I know, I know. Yeah. yeah. Uh gosh. Maybe I'll just stay away from both of them and take we're running out of options here. Stay away from both of them and take I'm taking my guy EBCOM. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, I respect it. Is this yeah. last round? This, I think you got. Yeah, last round. Yeah, Cam's a good pick. Man, this is tough. It is tough, but I will they're, say that there are like good players. Like usually, we're grasping at straws. We're taking kickers. We're like joking yeah. around. Like there are like still a half dozen guys that I was like, I'd take. Um, you know what I'll do? I think I'm defensive heavy, and I would still maybe go that direction, but I'll take Josh Downs. Um, oh, that's what I was going to take. <laughs> boom, sniped him. Uh, rookie slot corner, or slot corner, slot receiver. Um, he's been awesome. He's been awesome for them, and uh, I think has room to grow, too. Like, it's – I mentioned some of the deep shot, the, the vertical ability out of the slot, uh, but also extremely shifty. We'll be one of those guys that might have, like – you know, a hundred plus catches and like a million force missed tackles, even if the, you know, the yardage isn't super high. Like he's just, he, he's a, you need a gang tackle and not let him shake and bake them because, you know, against these backers and these safeties, he, he is certainly capable of doing that in this game. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I'll take Anaji to finish things off. Um, yeah, I'll just take him over, uh, over Zach Moss, who I think is a good player, but I just love Najee's running style. I love how he plays. Um, so I'll take him with the last pick here, and that will send us to our clown play players of the week and our splash play players of the week. You've already claimed a clown play player of the week, right? You said that's going to be Mason Cole. <laughs> Correct. That is my clown play player of the week. I'm struggling with over which offensive tackle to go with. Dan Moore losing to EBCOM in a key moment or uh, – or, um, 
Gosh, right tackle. No, for the take Colts. take Blake Freeland. In Blake AD. Freeland. Yes, I I am going to take Blake Freeland because I do believe the Steelers are going to win this game, even though I don't think it makes much sense. I think the Colts are better on paper. I think the Colts are just a better coach team. This is one of those. It makes no sense, but the Colts, but the Steelers win backs against the wall. It feels like the sky's falling. It is falling, but for a couple of days, one week here, we'll have some reprieve from that. I feel like. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. I uh... okay. So splash players, I guess. I mentioned I alluded to alluded to it. I think we're gonna get 80 plus receiving yards out of Mr. George Pickens. Um, you know, it's the classic falling mm-hmm. for what they say in the in the media is probably dumb, but I also saw Eddie Faulkner was like, We gotta feed, we gotta feed the guy, we gotta get him touches. Sometimes that means it's true and they're gonna like force feed the ball. Sometimes it's like, you know, not not a real thing. But anyway, uh give me George Pickens. Yeah, that's a good pick. Um, I will go with Jalen Warren. It's time. It's time for him to bounce back after – well, he hasn't played poorly, but they just barely give him any opportunities. I think this game he's going to get opportunities. I think the Steelers are going to run the ball like crazy. Um, Grover Stewart, though, that is a that is a good addition. I mean, it could definitely be an issue at times, uh, no question. Um, for sure, could, for sure. Could, I also yeah, just always – okay, good. He's a beast, for sure. He so is. They're gonna have and to I just – when you drop a guy in who hasn't played in six weeks because of suspension, really seven, I think, because they had a bye. Like, it's just – he's going to be fresh. Like, it's 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 a huge leg up when you're dropping in, you know, uh, late in the season with fresh – a bunch of dudes that have been, you know, grinding all year. So, yeah, no doubt about it. It makes a big difference. How they handle him is going to be probably one of the keys to the game. So, all right, uh, that'll do it for us. We'll be back uh, to talk about this game. It happens on Saturday. We probably won't be back till Monday night. We'll probably be on our next podcast. We'll see. Uh, we'll talk about it. And we'll try and get back on our Monday, Tuesday, um, and then Thursday schedule uh, for next week, I would assume, even though the game's on Saturday. So enjoy the game, everybody. As always, if you're listening to this podcast, you think you like what you hear, uh, spread the word, leave us reviews, ratings, wherever you listen to your podcast. That kind of stuff is always helpful to us. We greatly appreciate it. And yeah, let people know about it. could be a nice little free Christmas gift for people because it is free uh, to, to get into this podcast. So a uh, nice little free gift to let people know about it this Christmas season. So appreciate y'all. Thanks so much. We'll uh, talk to you again next week on the Yen's No Ball podcast. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.